0: This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, August 5th, 2020. I'm Caleb Brown. The human rights records of China and India are driven, at least in part, by claims that overpopulation presents a unique threat. But does it? And what rights get sacrificed in the name of population control? Chelsea Follett is author of the new Cato paper, Neo-Malthusianism and Coercive Population Control in China and India. We spoke last week. When we think about Thomas Malthus, the economist, he's got a reputation, perhaps undeserved, uh, for being uh, pessimistic. Um, But, of course, he says, you know, naturally, at some point, our uh, population will outstrip our productive capacity. People will die, and we will eventually return to subsistence-level agriculture, and that's just the steady state where humanity is stuck. That hasn't been true for hundreds of years now, Uh, first in some places and then in others. But we're seeing a resurgence in China and India of essentially uh, an argument that takes a page from Malthus's book, What what do we see in India and China with respect to population?
1: So, first of all, we actually see this resurgence of the Neo-Malthusian mindset, uh, not just in India and China, but even in the United States Um, and in other countries in the West. We have seen public figures ranging from Prince Harry to uh, Bill Mayor to Bill Nye, the science guy, all recently talking about the dangers of overpopulation and, in some cases, advocating uh, government penalties to try to deal with that. We have, of course, uh, heard Congresswoman Alexandra Ocasio Cortez famously last year question the morality of childbearing in the face of climate change. And so many people are now worried about overpopulation. It's not just India. And China. But the two countries where we've seen the worst human rights abuses actually resulting from this mindset arguably have been India and China. And while the worst of those abuses are hopefully in the past, we do see some troubling policies persist today. Uh, The worst abuses of the past would, of course, be China's one child policy from 1979 to 2015 that uh, limited families to a single child in a draconian manner.
0: Yeah, that's the, the no aunts, no uncles policy.
1: Exactly. No brothers, no sisters. And in India also, uh, there was a lesser known uh, policy from 1975 to 1977. They had a brief period called the emergency when civil liberties were suspended. And during that period of time, uh, one of the human rights abuses that occurred uh, was a campaign of mass Forced sterilization, that's permanent sterilization procedures on people who did not want them. Now, today, of course, India uh, has uh, rules against anything like that. And at the time when it occurred, it was illegal as well. It was in excess of this period called the emergency. Uh, Today, India bans any kind of coercion, but it still has disincentives and penalties that are very much a part of its system to try to encourage people to have no more then two children uh, ostensibly to fight overpopulation, even though India's birth rate is actually very close to replacement level right now and falling. So there's no actual danger of overpopulation there. And in China, they still have what is now called the two-child policy. Uh, so that's a step up from the one-child policy, but it still is coercive. And the way that it's being uh, implemented is uh disproportionate affecting minority groups we see that especially the uyghur population and other ethnic minorities such as the ethnic kazakh population uh from these groups we see horrific accounts of forced sterilization and forced uh late-term abortion even today
0: so um with respect to china and and the uyghurs um is the sterilization and forced abortions that are being undertaken in China on the Uyghur population is that part of the express purpose that uh, China is outlining? That is, we this population is going to take resources from someone else.
1: So that's not exactly how the government puts it. The government does explicitly justify the two-child policy in terms of preventing overpopulation and an environmental disaster and resource scarcity. The way the policy is being implemented uh, shows that they also have some other motivations. They're trying to decrease the population of a minority that the government is not very fond of. And this is something that we see again and again historically as well. uh, Overpopulation concerns often go hand in hand with uh, bigotry or prejudice against minority groups and the idea that some people are more worthy of having children than others.
0: So what does, uh, what does that mean for India?
1: So in India, who who, who is uh, is
0: the, who is the out population and who's the in population?
1: In India, the out-population would be the Muslim minority of the country. Uh, We are seeing a resurgence in India of many people uh, proposing two-child policies nationally. Already half of the uh, population of India reside in states that have two-child policies. And it's important to note that when we're talking about two-child policies in India, it's not nearly as dramatic as what China has. In India, two-child policies usually just involve... Um, Some tax penalties, the inability to run uh, for elected office if you have more than two children, the inability to hold a government job, such as being a school teacher if you have um, more than two children. So the limits are far less uh, dramatic than what you see in China, but they're still there. And some people are proposing to take this nationally. And that definitely coincides with prejudice against the Muslim minority. If you look at who is proposing many of these policies, Uh, There is a fear from uh, the political party in power right now, the BJP, which is a Hindu nationalist party that because the Muslim minority tends to have more children uh, per couple than the Hindu majority, the share of the population that is Muslim has been rising. And so when people uh, propose these policies and they explicitly justify them with fears of overpopulation, there is often a subtext. Of other motivations as well, these fears of demographic change.
0: So, we're afraid that your group will overtake us in some sense uh, or become a large enough population that you can have a popular political will. uh, And therefore, we pass laws to say that if you continue down this path of having many children, you don't get to be full participants in society.
1: That is correct. And unfortunately, these justifications of uh, overpopulation that are being used by politicians and political leaders in India and in China against the Uyghur minority. Uh, These overpopulation concerns are being used as a justification because it makes these policies more palatable um, and more defensible. It's just saying we want to prevent people from being full participants in society or we're trying to decrease the numbers a minority is not particularly acceptable, but if you say we are trying to fight overpopulation to save the environment, you'll actually find a lot of sympathy for that view around the world. As we mentioned earlier, uh, this mindset that overpopulation is a crisis, is an urgent problem that necessitates dramatic government intervention, that view is actually fairly popular uh, even in the United States among some very prominent individuals
0: if you talk to people like Lyman Stone uh they're on the other side they say we are we have a dramatic underpopulation problem that population growth uh is too is too low and falling and we see fertility rates as as you mentioned in your paper that uh, fertility rates in India are falling are they also falling in China
1: they are. And if you compare fertility rates in China to Hong Kong, uh, where there were never any birth limits, you'll see that actually birth rates fell more dramatically in Hong Kong. What you see around the world is that as countries become richer and their rates of infant mortality and child mortality decrease, couples on their own voluntarily uh, choose to have fewer children. We see this all around the world, even in sub Saharan Africa, the poorest region. In the world and the region with the highest uh, birth rate per woman, that's now coming down and every reasonable estimate now from the UN or from any other respected organization shows that in the long run the population of the world is set to decline. It will increase for a little bit more, some of that's baked in already, but because birth rates are declining everywhere, the world's population in total will eventually decline.
0: So aside from getting rid of the policies that effectively are either discriminating against people who have uh, an unacceptably high number of children in India or in China where forced sterilization and uh, otherwise a two-child policy exists, aside from simply eliminating those policies, what should those countries do?
1: Ideally, they would also eliminate the mindset that undergirds those policies, and we should do the same. Uh, this mindset of neo-Malthusianism uh, has always proven, uh, you know, false. Uh, from the time that Malthus Malthus predicted mass famines, but then the Industrial Revolution happened, and our agricultural productivity skyrocketed. The uh, the West became wealthier, uh, poverty decreased, and sanitation, public sanitation, was able to arise. Disease decreased, lifespans increased. None of his predictions came to pass.
0: Should we be concerned about a falling population uh, globally? I know, I know. Bill Easterly, in one of his books years ago, said, "Look, uh, there, an increasing share of uh, children being born around the world are desired." Uh, and as you, as you mentioned, uh, as infant mortality falls, uh, we see parents uh, voluntarily deciding we're going to have fewer children so as the rest of the world gets rich should we be concerned that uh, population uh, will decline is that a reason for concern
1: it is a more reasonable concern than overpopulation certainly but we have to take care to avoid the kind of crisis mindset that results in support for coercive policies
0: Chelsea Follett is author of Neo-Malthusianism and Coercive Population Control in China and India. We spoke last week. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast anywhere you please and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.